about a spaghetti. It's a dish you like you're never gonna forget. When the waiter comes around, don't be bashful, just sit down for rigatoni, mustacholi or spaghetti. Benvenuti a tutti. Sì. <laughs> uh, queer Horror Cult, back again. I Wow, I sound exactly like you introducing every single episode. Yeah. I see why now. It's like, what the fuck else do I say? What do I say? Um, no, this is a very special episode of Queer Horror Cult. <laughs> I feel like every time I say that, I kind of feel like the beginning of that cartoon uh, of clone high where every single episode begins with this week on a very special episode <laughs> of clone high of course it does feels like that's like this week on a very special queer horror cult mm-hmm. same bullshit as usual mm-hmm. except this week it's not the same as usual exactly because um we're kind of recording from our whole self-isolation bubble right now this yeah. is our uh, second record of the day too mm-hmm. yeah we're kind of stockpiling some other goodies to maybe shit out into the world (laughs) some hashtag isolation creations yeah yeah sure that sounds that sounds good (laughs) um fuck the state of things though right Mm. it's pretty pretty scary yeah yeah yeah, especially uh, when you take a look at what's going on with Italy mm-hmm. these days. Um, Where my sister still is stuck because the country is closed. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole U is at this point, but... You've been talking to her just about every day. Um, on least, It depends on, like, yeah. yeah, I can go a few days sometimes without, but at least I'll hear updates through, like, my family. Right. I remember at least so. at the start of her quarantine, you were, like, kind of texting her Yeah, her like, video chatting. Um, how's she doing? I mean, she's, you know, she's safe... She's as healthy as she can be being stuck in an unfamiliar town with, on lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, because she's in, um, she's in Sicily right now, so she'd gone there to take some, like, language lessons and improve her speaking proficiency and stuff, and then she, because, yeah, she escaped the north, like, I swear to God, like, within less than 24 hours of it locking down, and then she gets to Sicily, and... Yeah, well, like, before she even started, I'm pretty sure her classes were cancelled, but she was offered Skype lessons instead. So she met a couple of other students who right. were um, from abroad. They're, they're all of them, you know, Italian families, Italian citizenship and stuff, and so they'd all come to work on their Italian. Mm-hmm. And um, now they're cooped up. Yeah. Yeah, and they can only leave their... Well, the Italians right now can only leave their residences. And I've heard this is the same in, like, France and stuff, too. With, like, a signed declaration stating, this is my purpose for leaving the house. They have to be able to show it to the police. The police have to be able to sign off on it. Oh, wow. And I know in Italy, as of the last time I talked to my sister, they're only allowed to leave to go to the grocery store or to go to the pharmacy. Right. And I've heard um, kind of mixed things. I, I think some people are allowed to, like, they can walk their dogs yeah. and stuff. But, like, that's that's it. You are so inside. So there was that story of... Sard- out of Sardinia. Sardinia, the, yeah. the, the dude walking the fake dog. Yeah. <laughs> 
no people are stir crazy and desperate and i don't blame them for a second yeah. like it's nuts the idea that you can't even go out for a walk yeah just get some fresh air like we can you know where we are in canada we're several weeks behind italy in terms of like exposure and yes everything but so we're on more kind of like voluntary isolation yeah. right now like don't leave your house as much as possible don't gather i think right now it's more than 50 people but yeah in Italy, whereas in italy it was like th- more than like three or four people yeah and whatnot so we're still under the very like voluntary you're still allowed to go outside just don't get up in people's faces things like that but if not enough people doing do that then there's no saying that we won't end up with the mandated don't leave your house. Right. Like, I was seeing reports saying that America's about 10 days behind Italy, going off the charts mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, within a week, they could be looking at what Italy's got. Oh, yeah. Based on the numbers, I've seen people are suggesting that, like, New York City could be the U.S.'s Bergamo. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Which is what has, which was one of the northern towns that has seen, like, a massive death toll. Yeah. Just horrifying. That That's the... They're the ones who, if there's that... Um, Posts going around saying if you want to see the impact of Corona, look at the obituaries. In oh, where like they showed the newspaper from yeah. a month ago, and there's like a page and a half of obits, and yeah. then I'm from, pretty sure that from was during like even a week and a half ago from now. I, I saw when I saw this clip, it was about ten to twelve pages. Of yeah, obituaries. I'm pretty sure that was Bergamo. So, yeah, scary shit. Mm-hmm. As you know, on this show, we are huge fans of Italian cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you are Italian, yes, and I am, I am a, apparently a weep for Italy, so, <laughs> you know, that works. Um, we figured that, you know, it'd be cool to dive into some uh, some some Italian stuff for this week of solidarity, but then we realized, well, we're North Americans who are very much fucking up where Italy, like, is they're pointing at what to do. Like, Italy recorded those messages, like, a message to you 10 days ago mm-hmm. kind of thing to be like, hey, guys, this is the state you're in in America. Listen to my yeah, advice. Yeah, don't be like me. I went out. Like I us. didn't pay it. To, like, I didn't care. I thought, I'm young. I won't get it. It's not a big deal. It's just the flu. Yeah. Yeah, so on and so forth. So uh, with that, we decided to actually take an approach looking at American movies with Italian representation in them because I think it's... I think there's no greater evidence of the thesis of this episode than that Imagine video that's going around. Everyone sees the Italians singing from their balconies to each other and how beautiful and glorious it is. And then we get this celebrity vom fest of the Imagine video. And it's like, this is America taking Italian culture and fucking it up. (laughs) And so that is this week's episode. We are taking (laughs) Italian culture and fucking it up the only way America can. Yeah, baby, and with D- that, diaspora represent. So we are starting with, that's a very good segue into our first fucking movie, <laughs> Jersey Shore Shark Attack from 2012. Oh, man, oh, man. This was a first time watch for you, wasn't it? It sure was. And uh, the amount of giggling you did, especially during the intros to all the characters, tells me that it struck a chord. It did. I was never really big into Jersey Shore, but I admit I've seen an episode or two back when it was like the big thing. Mm-hmm. So... Even I was familiar enough with it to know that they were spot fucking on in terms of, like, their characters and down to the hairstyles. Like, it was was so funny. Oh, God, this fucking movie. Um, (laughs) So so what what do we got here? What's the setup on this Jersey Shore shark attack? So we are are at the Jersey Shore 
which mm-hmm. I imagine is pretty infamous by now. Yeah. And it's being gentrified, essentially. There is a big, like, golf resort that's being put up by this, you know, Donald Trump type. Yeah, this, this tycoon billionaire dude. guy. Yeah. And it turns out that the drilling that they're doing is sending out these crazy sonic vibrations into the ocean that are attracting these, like, killer albino sharks that no one has ever seen. Yeah, red-eyed albino bull sharks from deep within the ocean. And not just one, but, like, all of them. All of them, yeah. They're they're attracted to the big vibrations. Yeah, and people, people start getting eaten by sharks, and nobody... At first, nobody believes the Guidos in saying yeah. that, like, yeah, man, these are sharks, bro. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, oh, the jersey, sh- please. And so it's up to our team of unlikely heroes to save the day, make everybody believe that the sharks are behind this, and yeah. stop the destruction of the beautiful, glorious Jersey right. Shore that is attracting these sharks in the first place. Ugh, and I love the two-pronged thing going there where the sharks are attacking the Jersey Shore. They're attacking the Guido way of life by <laughs> by attacking the shore. But it's just as much... There's this comment of the gentrification doing the same thing mm-hmm. where you have, like, the rich, spoiled white boy yacht club going on. Yes. And you have, like, the, like you said, the tycoon that's trying to, like, open some resorts and he doesn't care about the locals and all that. And so it's like a direct attack on Guido culture. <laughs> For real. And it's so funny because Guido, I mean, you know, it's very like aesthetic based or yeah. I don't know if it's still the case. I don't know how it's evolved in the years since Jersey Shore, but you'll notice that um, in it, and I think this is like pretty accurate still, especially in terms of like when, you know, the kind of first big waves of Italian immigration, especially po- post-World War Two, mm-hmm. is a lot of the Italian characters like, maybe not the, um, you know, the millennial Guido kind of types, but, like, their parents and stuff are very working class. Yeah, like, you've got the cop guy who he's just, like, working hard, looking out for his son. you got the Sal, the bar owner, and he's, yeah. like, talking about his dad being, like, the mm-hmm. working there. Like, it's, you know, generational kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and you got the, um, I think even the construction guys. Yeah. They're, they're pretty seemingly Italian, playing yeah. up the accents and everything, so... Yeah, so th- there is something to be said there about, like, it's an attack on Guido culture, but also that's sort of the the aesthetic front of this very, like, working class. Like, I'm not going to be the, the person who's like, Italians aren't really white, but, like, you'll notice the, the, um, the, the, the stuffy private beach that are, yacht like, fuckers. Extra white, yeah. They're, like, they're, like, Northern European white yeah. looking, like, they're, they're, like, they're, like, the Dempsters. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, and just, like, and, I, yeah, I mean, being Italian, I, I I had a friend in high school who told me, it's like, I'm sorry, but Italians aren't white. You can't be Italian. Like, look at you. Wait, so, so this person said that you can't be Italian because you're white and Italians aren't white. Therefore, you're not Italian. Yeah. Oofa doofa. What do yeah. you do with that? I know. I, I didn't know what to make of it. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, yes, Italy, the country that shares a border with Switzerland, is not at all white. Right? Especially not my, like, Venetian grandparents yeah. who, like, yeah. Ex- yeah. So it was it was baffling, to say the least. But, but that being said, I know, um, like, back in the 50s when my grandparents immigrated to Canada, they had not yet been 
assimilated into whiteness. So they it, came in. Yeah, and, it was kind of like the first waves of immigrants from Italy, from Ireland and stuff. How yeah, it's like, oh, a lot you, of don't, Jewish you immigrants. don't count yeah, until it, they do. And then it's like, now you're good with like yes. us. You're not like those other guys. Exactly. And I know um, our Italian professor, who we both had the uh, pleasure of the, being in his classes. Joy, yeah. Yes. When I took the Italian, like the culture class and talking about... Um, like, organized crime and mafia and stuff. Yeah. Um, he was saying that for a while, like, sort of, for the first bit of this, like, big wave of immigration, Italians were seen as a sort of, like, buffer zone between, like, whiteness and blackness. And it was, like, this ambiguous, like, well, you're you're not like them, but you're not quite like us. So wow. if you assimilate... But yeah, there's this, like, this weird buffer zone against this, like, racial... In between this, this racial tension, if, you, yeah, if that's it, a, even a good word for it. It's almost it's, how, how can we... Uh, work through our, our complications with everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to make that sound nice or anything because, you know, white racism is absolute yeah. bullshit garbage. Like, fuck racist white people. Yeah. Which is, you know, just white people in general. Like, yeah, we all benefit from racism still. Yeah, we do. And that is really fucking shitty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, dismantlement and yeah. all that. But, yeah, like, my um, my grandparents, I know, like, that's I think that's one of the reasons my, my dad is so, like, you know, when people try to, talk shit about like Syrian refugees or whoever like is the boogeyman of the year kind of thing in Mm -hmm. terms of like those people coming into our country blah 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 he always goes back to like well my grand you know when my parents came here they were told you Italians you're all criminals you're all mafiosi you can't be trusted you you we're not gonna give you jobs we're not you know you need to assimilate yeah your dad's parents were those people exactly and now it's just it's just been projected onto a different scapegoat yeah so yeah it's just it's cyclical I remember not a big fan, but Prime Minister Trudeau was under fire for pointing pretty much out this exact out. And people are like, how dare you compare Italians to terrorists? And I'm like, oh my God, that is not what he's saying. Just Although like point mafia, organized crime, Indragheta, Sacca Corona, all of those, the yeah, other fucking terrorists. Mm-hmm. So, te- I mean, yeah, all you have to look up is this is... If you watch, they're um, only not terrorists in the way that like white mass shooters are not terrorists. Exactly, like they're they're yes, there's so much destruction, like environmental degradation of Campania, and so, yeah, it, it's like, but we don't see it. We just we just all we see is like these glamorized mob movies yeah. and shit. So, but yeah, if you if you um, want to get a better idea, there is a book called Gamora, and there was a movie film made off of it. Mm-hmm. The writer of the book he ever since publishing it has had to live basically in like witness protection kind of thing Jesus. like he's because if the mob ever found him they fucking kill him yeah but yeah the movie same title gamora it's about the because his mafia is used as this catch-all phrase but really mafia is specific to sicily right the other organized crimes or organized crime syndicate groups and things um you have so gamora is a play on camora which is the group in right fuck, what is it, Napoli? Yeah, I think Napoli, I want to say, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, yeah, there's one called, like, Sacra Corona, I think. There's one called, like, Indragheta, which I think is Calabria, I want to say. Okay. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, this movie, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty dark. It's, because, it's, like, it's gritty and it's realistic. It's not it's, glamorizing. It's criterion, isn't it? I'm pretty sure yeah. it is, yeah. Um, it's, fun fact, the... When it was so, this film because it's it's filmed largely in like the local dialect. When it was screened mm-hmm. in Italy, it had to be screened with Italian subtitles because other parts of the country were like, "What are these people they saying?" Don't, they don't know the, the yeah, the dialects are yeah. very so much. So that's yeah. really interesting thing too. 
But yeah. Well, let's, let's bring that back to uh, Jersey Shore Shark Attack because I think it's interesting you point out the idea of the the mob is like the go-to Italian representation, especially mm-hmm. in America. Like that's it's glamorized know, in yeah, America. It, yeah, like it's gangster. all like mobster, gangster kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in Jersey Shore Shark Attack, the Italians are are the good guys and they're cops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they've almost reclaimed it in that rah rah America way, which I think yep. blends it because the the big final fight of this is them arming themselves with <laughs> M16s, right. getting on this boat and driving out and just like having a huge gunfight against the sharks. Yeah. And, like, that image was so almost jingoistic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, one thing my sister was, because you're talking about that sort of, like, reclaiming it in a way that ended up being not great. Potentially. I don't think it's great, but depends who you talk to, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this was made because she's had the same lovely Italian professor who's kind of taken her on as, like, a mentee, mentor mentee kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's lovely. Anyway, um... She was talking about how, like, New York, New Jersey and stuff, um, like you're saying, the Irish, the Italian, a lot of those people were often targets of police violence. So a lot of the kids who grew up with that, they're like, well, fuck it, I'm going to go and become a cop. And and then now you have this, like, over-representation almost of Italian and Irish people in the police, but rather than, you know, reforming it and making it less shitty... A lot of it has become just it, like okay, it was who, almost like a generational fucking yeah, outline. Yeah, exactly. Now, like, who, who do we? Now we get to be the bullies. Yeah, it's like that's ah, not cool, you guys, because we've been assimilated into whiteness. Intergenerational we- bootlicking. <laughs> Something like that. Ooh, that's hefty. Uh, but that is, um, yeah, because having the Italian cop, like police, police sergeant, that doesn't seem remotely out of touch with Mm-mm. the millions of bits of like. M- Film, film cops. Anytime I've seen cops mm-hmm. in films, there's always like that Italian sergeant who always yeah. like almost plays like a cliche. It's always like Spinelli, thing. Scarpelli, some yeah. shit like that, yeah. And uh, so it doesn't seem out of place, but it's. I don't know. It feels like they almost subvert the cliche of the, what Italians are supposed to do by playing the cliche so fucking hard yeah. in this. And I think that's yeah. interesting because. Uh, there's so much... I didn't watch Jersey Shore, but uh, I, you know, saw the odd clip and right. I was slightly familiar with it. Yeah. And there's so much of the representation on that. It's just how shallow they are. Yeah. And, like, how empty and vacuous, uh, like, the, the life is. Like, that's the outside perception of mm-hmm. this thing. Maybe the show proves it wrong. I don't know. I couldn't the say. The movie, however, definitely sets that up and mm-hmm. then shows that they're the ones who actually give a shit. Exactly. And they're the ones that actually have morals and want to act on them. Right. Thing. So like this movie is like subversive in a way you would never yeah, expect so. for a movie called Jersey Shore Shark yeah. Attack. It's not without its ridiculous jokes too, both at Jersey Shore, at America, and at Italy. Like, yeah. for example, the the situation's name is the complication in this. And I just think that's so <laughs> fucking great. Um... I love all the, uh, is it Vinny? Yeah, like, yeah, Yo. that scene when it's just like, oh my god, it's Vinny. Who, Vinny who? Vinny no neck? <laughs> like, no, 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 Vinny. No, Vinny Krabs. <laughs> no, Vinny Krabs is dead, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's Vinny, yeah. Oh I my don't... god, there's blood on that boat. Nah, man, maybe it's spaghetti sauce. I don't go anywhere, though, my mom is marinara. <laughs> <It's> just stuff <laughs> like that. Stupid shit like that. And then there's also me. this very, like, American underdog thing going on where you have mm-hmm. the rich elite yacht club. Yes. And it's so that 
the longer I live and the more I see the politics of America, the more I see, like, those bait and switch they did with that, like, we're the underdogs versus the, uh, the rich elite kind of thing. And it's basically the underdog victory is being able to take their place mm-hmm. kind of thing, as opposed to undoing the structure totally. that rose, rose them to that level kind American of thing. dream, baby. Um... But I almost got, like, wet on American Summer Vibes with Camp Tiger Claw oh, and yes. stuff with the fucking young guys. The fucking, like, the fucking white boys. You have, like, Chadford and Chadley Yeah, you and got shit. you got emo Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> leading the game kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just like, this is just... This is, oh a, this is a look. It was a, it was a funny fucking movie. Yes. Um, very light fare, but... I'm a fa- uh, it was way better than I was expecting. Yeah, I will it, say. it's one of those movies. I feel like the phrase it has is way better than it has any right being definitely yes, applies because it's also a sci-fi shark movie. Yes. So <laughs> and this is like a 2012 sci-fi shark movie. So mm-hmm. the CG shows it. It's just like oh cool, I didn't know someone booted up the N64 for a cutscene right. kind of thing. Um, but it just kind of adds to the charm mm-hmm. almost. Like I get taken out of movies so much worse by bad CG than I do by bad makeup effects. Yeah. But then I realize that camp value comes back if the CG <laughs> is really bad. This is true. You know, if it's just bad CG, like, you know, like, they really tried to put the effort in and it just kind of sucks, yeah. then it's like, this is just taking me out completely. But when you get, like, Jersey Shore Shark Attack or Bird Demic oh, it's, like it's just like, this is charming. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Uh, this one also has a cameo by uh, Joey Fatone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Inexplicably, they really hammer that point yeah. home. They just yeah, he say play, his uh, name. Yeah, the, he plays himself, he and plays they himself. say it's like, Joey Fatone's playing a gig here. Hey, everyone, we're here to see Joey Fatone. This is going to be great when Fatone walks up. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, there's like a good like 20 minutes of the movie where they just name drop mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, yeah, they really, <laughs> they really hammered that point home. Oh, yeah. So you'd recommend this one? Yes. Yes, definitely. For, for a good fun time. Yeah. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, next we had 1974's Massacre, Mafia Style. Yeah, this movie fucking sold me on the trailer alone. Right. Um, I'm just going to play a little bit of that trailer song because it's so goddamn catchy. Round and round while we're dancing, my heart makes us glad that we're living today. Each time I feel like romancing, my heart always goes tick-a-tee, tick-a-tee. Round and round while we're dancing, my heart makes us glad that we're living today. Each time I feel like romancing, my heart always goes tick-a-tee, tick-a-tee. Massacre Mafia style. This one uh, is not quite a video nasty, but it is. It did make the list of shit that cops got mad about. Uh, in England when it was released under the title The Executioner, and this movie is actually pretty shockingly graphic mm-hmm. when it wants to be. It, it doesn't play like you would expect one of those sort of exploitation kind of movies to be, but this is just an exploitation movie at heart. Absolutely. And uh, I think it really works like that. Now, this one plays up the whole glitz and glamour of the mob life mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's interesting because it's actually really introspective. It about is. That. Yeah. Um, I was complaining, well, 
complaining might be a bit strong, but I was talking about how mom movies aren't really my cup of tea. Uh, I find that, you know, we're watching these repellent characters do repellent things, and we're supposed to side with them, but then there's nothing subverted. And mm-hmm. then it's like, usually we just see them rise to power and then, you know, crime doesn't pay is what we get for maybe the last 10 minutes of the movie. Right. And then it's just like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I've seen some that were really well made, like Casino and Goodfellas and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't know, there's just, the interest isn't really there That's for fair. me. And then I realized I need to look into exploitation mob movies because yes. these are fucking fun as hell. Oh God, yeah. Because they're not, well, yeah, they're not trying to do that whole thing. They're just like... They're an exploitation movie. That's one thing that I like about so many exploitation movies is because they're not trying to really do anything but make money. They're just so transparent. And sometimes they accidentally do really subversive or really interesting things. Like I I think about um, like there's so many exploitation or sexploitation movies specifically that were literally just like supposed to be about, oh, look at the look. You get to see some like giant titties bouncing around and these women kicking some ass. But you get some of the like strongest, most badass female characters and they weren't even trying to go for that. And that lack of trying is just happening organically. There's something so like I love it. Yeah, it's like, I always want to throw scare quotes around the word, like, empowerment. Yeah. But I feel like if you want to talk about an empowering film, just go watch Faster Pussycat. Exactly, especially when you learn about, like, Torosetana's, like, her own backstory, her history. It's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, She herself is, like, a superwoman. R.I.P. Queen, we love you. And that's what I think is so funny about this, because this movie is trying so hard to be so Italian, but it's Mm -hmm. actually introspective in a way I did not expect Mm -hmm. from this, this title. Uh, this flick was made by this dude, Duke Mitchell. He was this uh, Italian-American um, lounge singer, like Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. type, working in Hollywood and all that. And he really wanted to make a mob movie. He wanted to get into the pictures, as it were. Mm-hmm. And you can see that part of it in the movie itself. Can, like, yeah. that's right there in the movie. Like, I'm yeah. going to go to Hollywood. And at one point when, you know, the crime's not paying, they decide to go into porn movies. Mm-hmm. Trying to make a quick buck. So you got this guy playing the main character, and he, like, wrote and directed it and all that. Like, it's it's one of those one-man show kind of things yeah. in that regard. And we see his life, like, his adult life. But we see his life from when he first comes to America to when he ends up leaving almost in exile. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what really sort of cracks this movie open a little bit is the alternate title like father like son Mm -hmm. because there's so much generation and intergenerational mirroring going on like to set this up we have the main character he's in italy like is he in sicily yeah yeah he's in sicily this movie is all about sicilian rights yeah right absolutely that was this one yeah that was um he's talking to his dad about how he wants to go to America and all that, and his dad's going to take care of his son. So first off, he's just like a deadbeat dad right off the bat. His kid's like a little fucking kid. Uh, Doesn't see him again until the end of the movie when he's a grown man Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But he wants to go to America, and he just has these ideas of taking after his father's name despite his father's protest because his father was like the Don. He was the guy until he was exiled from America. Mm -hmm. And he goes on the auspices of his father's uh, thing to this scene that is no longer existent. Yeah. Like this mob life, this family thing is not what it is anymore. It's all corporations. It's all low level crime. It's just like this weird splintering as opposed to this big mob boss thing. And that just makes me think of, um, 
back to that whole like, oh, Italians, you're all in the mafia, aren't you? Ha 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 thing. Um, that, that Italian professor, one of the first things he was talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, all these people say, oh, you Italians have mafia. And I go, then you have networking. <laughs> That's so, that is this movie. That is Right? So yeah, it, it just shows like the corporatization of organized crime and that yeah. really the only difference is are you registered as an LLP and like, you know what I mean? Like they, they all, it's all paying people off, having governors in your back pocket, all these things. It's just certain modes of it are like kosher and fine. And other modes are like criminal and yeah. gritty and nude. We don't, they don't have that veneer of respectability. And, and that totally intersects how he operates mm-hmm. in this. Like he, he, first off, this dude is so brash. He shows up. <laughs> He kidnaps the current, like, mob guy yeah. and cuts off his finger and mails it to the dude's family. And then uh, ransoms him for, like, what was it, like, half a million dollars? Something like that. Something like that. Um, they get the money and they release him. And then he walks right up to him, even though he saw his face, at his son's wedding. And it's like that godfather, like, you're going to bother me today on the day of my daughter's <laughs> wedding? Like, it's that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And he just basically is like, sup, I'm that guy's kid. And, like, uses the, like nepotism card yeah. which you know nepotism in italy yeah the country and runs and, on nepotism um but it's one of those things where like that's enough that the guy's like i'll forget about this showing his stomp kind of thing right uh and what he wants to do is he wants to take over what is it the pimps and mm-hmm. the pimps and something like yeah he, t- he wants to take over the some of the, the, Couple, the lower yeah. level, quote unquote, things as opposed to the, I'm going to be the big kingpin mob boss kind of thing. Yeah. But then his, uh, oh, the bookies. Yeah, the that, the Yeah, bookies. I was going to say, yeah. was it like money laundering or something? Or not money, um, I, mean, I was going to say loan sharks, but that didn't seem right. Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. Bookies, that's um, right. And then when he gets that, he just goes and alienates everyone around him because he's just got this idea of being the big bad monster in his head. And mm-hmm. even though everyone's like, it doesn't work like that anymore, he's just going around killing all the bookies that piss him off, being yep. really racist towards the pimps and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he has a nickname for this one pimp, and it's brutal yep. kind of thing. Like, I don't know why it is, but these movies from the 70s, especially these kind of, like, action exploitation movies, always manage to sneak that fucking racism in there. And yeah, and, and it's one of the things where it makes you wonder how unrealistic it is, especially if it's these like Italian ones. Because when you look back at the whole like, oh, well, if Italians and these sort of like ambiguously ethnic white but not quite groups yeah. were the buffer zone between white and black, well, then most of them want to be assimilated into whiteness. So rather than that's what this felt like, yeah. To me, like, so then he, talking. yeah, when he sees that like, he's going to double down on the racism, he's like, see, I'm so racist. Of course, I'm white. He's like, you'll always be black, and that's, like, you're too bad. He says it in much worse words yeah, than that. Yes. But he basically says that to the guy. And I love the way that that posturing is actually kind of baked into the script, as if, like you said, he's trying to distance himself and be like, no, I'm the white guy, so I'm okay. I got the power, yeah. Um, he, he says that, and the guy just, like, shakes his head and goes, like, you're so out of touch, dude, and just walks off. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, like, fucking, like, so fucking fronts, cool. you know? And it's just, like, a... So interesting to see all these ploys of what it is to be an Italian American mm-hmm. sort of fizzle on him because he's trying to be this like super mobster guy that just it's a caricature that yeah. doesn't work. Everyone's treating him like he's a caricature and he's just like, What's going on? And I think I thought that was really interesting mm. about the movie. Like, especially when the people he's up against or like, you know, conflicting with, one of them runs the Sicilian Defense League kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds so fascist. It sounds very fascist, but in the movie it's not played as, like, it's, it, yeah. it's uh, literally, like, um, we're so tired of uh, 
bigotry towards Italians and, like, yeah. this stereotype, we're wanting to undo that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, if anything, it's, like, a PR thing being, like, we are, yeah, Sicily being home of mafia, we're not all fucking mafiosi, and we're, yeah, we're tr- sick of being treated as such. Like, we are, we're Americans, we're people, we're not all criminals. I think the scene that really kind of cements how this movie is looking at these characters and using these characters is that scene when he's doing the TV interview mm-hmm. and the Sicilian guy's just like saying like, we're not all mobsters, you know, we're not these characters kind of stuff. And then he gets shot in the eye execution style, like right on live TV. Right. And it's one of those things where it's just like the caricature came and killed him for espousing something different. Mm-hmm. And I think that that so much is a comment on the way this movie functions. Right when it actually tries to step into a reality kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, there's so many moments like that. Like, he always goes on these long-winded speeches. Like, remember the one when he's sitting there and um, the Nona's at the head of the table and has got the food and the wine? And he's just like... She's the one who suffers. She's the one that's disrespected because she has all the all olive oil and garlic on her hands to make us this beautiful meal, and then we go out and do evil. And this guy's like probably the most evil of the right? bunch. And yeah. so he's always like saying these things and trying to uplift the Italian spirit and the Italian way of life. As he's shitting on As, it, left, yeah. right, and side. Yeah, and that's and that's one of those things where like in so many shitty power structures like this, they're their contradictions are laid absolutely bare, yet they still f- somehow find a way always to engage in this wicked cognitive dissonance that just somehow makes it so... It's like, contradiction. No, these aren't contradictions. It's just the way things are. It's totally fine. Like, But yeah, this idea, like, this, she's the one who suffers. She's toiling and feeding us, and she's sending out her sons to die mm-hmm. and stuff. And then it's like, and who's doing that? You? Yeah. <laughs> your um, dad I super recommend people check this movie out mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil the ending but I will say I really liked how ambiguous the ending makes this movie mm-hmm. where it simultaneously proves everything he's been saying right while also showing how irrelevant right. he is, his type is in the world and it's just like there's a sequence of events that just kind of clashes these two ideas together and you're left with a very sort of ambiguous like did the movie just undo its thesis or did it double down on it? Right. And I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, and, it, and then you look, and it's like, this is a fucking exploitation movie yeah. and it just did more than, like, most big budget, big mm-hmm. ensemble cast of stars. Yeah. Mob movies that just glorify violence and being a shady-ass character and yeah, shit. Yeah, because he's kind of accountable for the violence and, like, it's almost like he's not going to be because he keeps getting away f- yeah. with it for so long. But then that turn that I described in the mom movies where it's like crime doesn't pay. It's just like you more realize that crime is saying your way of crime doesn't pay. Right. It's obsolete. Yes, exactly. It's evolved and you're just, you're stuck in the past. So it's almost like a pretty scathing comment of capitalism in that way. Mm-hmm. Then because it really is showing how much they're like, you can't just be this, this um, meat-headed thug that's going around using violence to you know, just show off, like, in a dick-wagging contest. Yeah, you have to be polite and polished. Capitalism makes mafiosi of us all. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Um, But that is so much this movie. And Mm. I... I, It's funny, I remember really liking it the first time I saw it, which was a few years ago, but I think it all... It really struck me this time, like, Mm -hmm. as, like, actually being a really smart movie. Yeah. Yeah, me too. No, I, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't know what I was expecting. I expected kind of just a trash movie. So this is another one where it's like, 
oh, it actually has like a decent story. And I, I'm engaged. You both. It is a trash yes, movie while actually having engaging stuff. Yeah, yeah, and like thoughtful stuff. But you don't have to think. You know, if you don't want to think about it, you don't have to. You can still it's enjoy still the movie. Fun, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this one is a hearty recommendation. Mm-hmm. It's out by Grindhouse Releasing, who did a great job, as per usual. Their special editions are always so, so nice. Mm-hmm. Now, while that movie's super memorable and super, super dope for for that, here the next movie is something that we've seen just as many times. We watched it more recently, and I could barely tell you anything about it. Yeah, I, I admit, I fully admit that I, I realized at some point partway through that I had just stopped paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's yeah. a pretty ramshackle movie, it and is. at times it has a hard time capturing your attention, but the trailer sold this the on The trailer me. is the best thing and, ever. Uh, this is 1973's Family Honor. Or, as the title card says, Honor. Who put it out? This was put out by Code Red. And so if you've seen... This is... Because I remember you kind of sold me on this movie before it even was put out. Yeah, because the, the trailer was put on so many Code Red releases. Yeah. And every time you were just like, how do I see this movie? I am obsessed with it already. Yeah. And that's with them a long time. It was one of their early Blu-ray releases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they finally switched yeah. from just DVDs to Blu-rays. Right. So or I remember when it finally as, came. Uh, the dude from Code Red would <laughs> right. say, the brulees. Yes. Them pesky kids and their damn brulees. Yeah. I love yeah. me damn brulees. <laughs> so yeah, with that in mind, yeah, this one had been like hyped up for us for a while. Yeah. So when it was finally released, we were like, oh my God, family yeah. honor. I remember enjoying it quite a lot the first time, and this time it was like, it's fine. Like, it's a fine movie, yeah. but it's... It was anticlimactic, I would say, after Massacre Mafia style. I think that might be the problem. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it feels like it's a different side of the coin, because mm-hmm. it is sort of the uh, the premise is this cop gets gunned down by the mob, mm-hmm. uh, this Italian cop, yes. and his Italian son, he's also a cop, quits the force to go get revenge at the behest of his mother, and is it... Who is that? His uncle? Like... Yeah, is it Zio? Is it his, like, fuck, yeah. I don't know, family friend? I mean, it's somebody who I'm sure that, even if it's not his blood uncle, they would he would call him uncle. Yeah. Like, that's just how... Yeah. Like, I remember growing up having... And I hear this from so many different cultures, but growing up and having all of these aunties and uncles that, like, you call them that, but then you find out you're not really related, and you're like, yeah. what? That's my uncncle. Like, Uncle Ted and Uncle so-and-so. I, 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 I even <laughs> have a couple people like that, or it's just, like, I realize it's, like... Oh, they were my cousin's uncle and weren't actually remotely related yeah. to me. So. Well, you have some people, like, you know, the, the guy that, um, the Greek restaurant we always used to go to, with my dad was really good friends with the with the owner. You know, we call, yeah. grew up calling him Uncle Ted and oh, stuff. So, yeah, it was just, it was more of a, and then, yeah, growing up, I was like, well, he's not really our family. And my, I think my mom was just like, oh, it's more of like a respect thing. Because, you yeah. know, he's kind of like family, but even if you're not related, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's yeah. just a way to go. And that's yeah. that's probably what this guy is. He ingratiates himself to his home, yeah. their home, too. So he's but, an uncle. I realized what I loved about the trailer so much was all done in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that one scene when his mother confronts him, that entire sequence is like every great line of dialogue from yes. the trailer. Uh, I'm actually just going to splash the teaser trailer in here because you got to hear the audio to this. It's, uh, you'll, you'll see if you haven't seen fantastic. it, you'll see why we are sold. Yep, I will just splash this in there. Check it out. What do you think this is, Sicily? Where the f- do you think you are? It makes no difference when they spit on your family honor. The crime.
crime families, their vengeance and vendettas. You want to know who killed your father? Can I tell you? 200 people, maybe 300. It's an organization. This time he gets it. Rated R from Cinerama Releasing. But the movie is almost kind of run of the mill. Mm-hmm. That. Like it's it's low budget exploitation fare, and it's fun on that front. Like you do get a pretty uh, pretty long gunfight towards the end, right. kind of thing, and it's done in that sort of like slightly cheap kind of way, where it almost feels gritty compared to like anything stylized mm-hmm. or anything like that. But the journey there is so disjointed. It is. Like, there's plots that come up and then just kind of disappear. Yeah. I'm thinking most specifically about when he sees the pimp uh, beating the woman in the street. Mm-hmm. And then he goes down and scares the pimp off. And then the the woman's like, hey, we went to high school together. Do you remember me? And he's trying to, like, help her get sober. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess she acts sort of, like, as a moment of, of being fridged to help spur <laughs> him on kind of thing. Yeah. But it was a little underbaked for me mm-hmm. to the point where it was like, yeah, she'd show up and I'd be like, oh, you guys are it's like... like right, I, I forgot she was You in guys are like an item, kind of, aren't you? You're fucking, at least, so yeah. I don't know. But yeah, she'd show up and be like, right, her. Yeah. So, yeah. So when she gets fridged, you're like, oh, the steaks were medium. Yeah, medium steaks. <laughs> I like my steak medium rare. <laughs> this is a... Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say it's not worth seeing, mm-hmm. especially if you love, like, sort of, like, those pretty action movies or like these kinds of movies i think it does what it does pretty well but you Mm -hmm. need to have your expectations sort of tempered absolutely um the big thing about the italian american representation in this i think is how blurred that line is between cop and mobster Mm -hmm. because uh the the main character he is a cop and he quits the force to fight the mobster on their terms yeah i wonder if there's a comment to be said on how uh how flimsy the whole, like, rule of law is yeah. for that kind of, like, sort of, like, mob violence kind mm-hmm. of thing. Because when you're a cop doing it, it's state-sanctioned. Exactly. When you're when you're a good Italian cop versus a bad Italian mobster. Yeah. And if the literal difference is only whether or not you have your badge on you. Yeah. And you're using your, like, state-sanctioned given gun versus yeah. some piece you scored off the street. Yeah, he, like, turns in his badge and gun, and then, like, right away we see him just, like, sawing it's off like, a shotgun. Time to do crimes. Kind of and it's just like, oh, this is a definite switch, but I didn't realize this guy was a cop for quite a while yeah. in the movie. And the mom's the just like, you need to get revenge, pussy boy! And you're like, oh. <laughs> He's like, Ma, <laughs> in Sicily. They murdered your father! <laughs> I uh, know, <laughs> like, yeah, and that, and that's, and that's so. I think, uh, well, I think I, I remember telling you about that's such a theme in, um, like, uh, the Icelandic sagas and stuff, yeah, is yeah, because yeah. most of the time the women talk, talk about wedding, wedding, yes. Yeah. So um, with the with the gender roles the way they were, with few exceptions and some of the mythology and stuff, typically speaking, it was you know there was a blood vengeance based kind of society so similar kind of thing to you know what do you think this is sicily is like what do you think this is medieval iceland yeah it's this idea that if 
yeah, someone wrongs your family, then you have to go get revenge. It's your duty. Right. And that we, so that duty would usually fall on men, of course. And often it would be the, you know, if, if, if so this family killed the father, then it's the son's duty to go and avenge him. Yeah. And so when the son was shirking that duty, it would usually then fall on the woman, usually his mother, maybe his sister, but some kind of woman in the family to basically po- question his masculinity and and goad him into mm-hmm. taking action. And that was the way that she would, that was her role in getting revenge was that she had to make, take, call the men to action, typically by telling them that they're like, Oh, you're you're feminine. You're you're not a real man because you won't go out and avenge your father like a real yeah. man would. Until the men are like, okay, I'm all pumped up. I'm gonna go get some fucking revenge. I feel like that almost crosses into a boundary of biblicalness with the idea of Adam and Eve, where it takes mm. away some of the culpability for the man, where it's mm-hmm. just like the you know the the evil conniving woman drove yeah. you to this, it. This fucking hag just like made yeah. you do it, and that's kind of how. Because at first, yeah, he's very like no, I don't want to. And you're kind of on his side thinking like, yeah, guys, this isn't how it works. Yeah. But yeah, you have this like hag Nona mom being like, you need to go and avenge him. You must kill him if you want any more Strega Nona spaghetti. <laughs> and then you have this, this uncle Zio, whoever figure being like, yeah, this, it's your duty. This is, it. this is what duty. you got to do. Yep. Does, yeah. Cause yeah, it's summed up and they're like, it, it doesn't matter when they spit on your family honor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, so, you do get some dynamics at play in this, and I think that this this movie really was one of the first ones that I put on this list when I, when I suggested this topic because of that dynamic and the way that the mob and the, the police thing is so shifting. Mm-hmm. Like, I immediately thought, like, that's perfect for this. Yep. And it's probably... I was going to say the least perfect of the bunch, but uh, we watched some pretty bonkers things this week. <laughs> I mean, it was my least favorite of the bunch. Fair enough. I'll say in terms of like what I enjoyed and yeah. what I found the most fun and engaging. Honestly, I think it would have played differently if we had watched it before Mask of Mothers. So I think that's a good point yeah. because it feels like it has some of the same things going on, but it just doesn't do them as well or as interestingly. Yeah, and so I think going from being like, oh, I was really pleasantly surprised by Massacre Mafia style. Now let's revisit this movie that I remember thinking was decent, then be like, oh, not only was it not as good as I remember, but it does not stand up to next to this movie we just watched before it. Yeah, So, yeah, that was unfortunate on our part. La bene. La bene. So that was going to be it for this week. We were going (laughs) to do those three call it a day have a bit of a more succinct episode and all that stuff when i saw a meme on twitter and (laughs) it reminded me of a movie that exists and then you just as i like jokingly was like hey remember this movie you're just like we're doing it italian american representation and it's just i feel like if i proposed it I would be doing a disservice to the Italian community <laughs> by being, like, <laughs> shitty and xenophobic. But since you proposed it as an Italian, I think it's okay. And I like it because I also had never seen the movie before. I just assumed it would fit. And boy, it fits. Yeah, we watched, <laughs> inexplicably, we watched... I think it's pretty explicable. We watched 1993 Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> About a pair of brothers, the, the, the Mario Brothers, okay. good Italian-American boys. Okay, Fuck. I remember that this is like, how do you adapt Mario? Okay, first of all, how do you adapt Mario? It's a game where a little plumber dude named Mario runs around in weird, like, hillsides and steps on mushroom people and eats mushrooms to shoot fireballs. And jumps high. And fights a Koopa Turtle Man. And he jumps high. And it's like, okay, turn that into a logical movie. And 
logical. Well, it's questionable whether it's logical at all. But <laughs> Film logic. They tried. Yep. Oh, the and effort was there. That, you would think, oh, you would get a slapdash weird movie that kind of like mutes what it can and uses what it can. Instead, it goes in the complete other direction. Goes fucking balls deep, whole <laughs> yes. hog. It's just like, I will do that, but oh no, I actually spilled some Fallout and some Mad Max and some <laughs> Judge Dredd into my Mario. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a pleasant surprise when I was looking up who did this thing. It was uh, written by the same dude who wrote the Bill and Ted movies, and that explains so much. It explains so much why this movie is Mario and Luigi's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, it, that's the perfect name for it, Mario and <laughs> Luigi's Excellent Adventure. They gotta uh, go save the babes. But it's amazing the stuff that they kept and the stuff they adapted in a really right. weird way. The stuff they retconned. Mm-hmm. Like, they felt like they needed to explain why it's the Mario Brothers. Because <laughs> normally you would say, like, it's the Scapelli Brothers or yeah. whatever thing. So their names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. <laughs> And it's just like this dumb moment. And there's like a generational age gap between them where like Mario could like literally be Luigi's dad. And then you find, oh, he was my dad and my uncle and my brother. He's everything. He raised me. Yeah. So they're brothers in a very brotherhood kind of way as opposed to like literal. Like there's Plus only they, three they look years nothing them. alike kind of thing. You know, you've got Bob Hoskins playing Mario <laughs> and John Leguizamo playing Luigi. <laughs> and so it's just like. That is perfect sibling casting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was great casting. They both, oh, yeah. they both, uh, it's excellent. Did a great job, but as far as the whole like fraternal, right. yeah, the, the the looking related, it's like didn't even try. Hey, Mio Fratello, John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to try the, the plot of this one? Yeah, so we have our our you know our working class Italian American plumbers just trying to stay afloat, but there's yeah. this you know the freaking Mister Scarpelli and his you know this business tycoon who keeps who keeps edging them out of projects. They show up to a pl- to an emergency and oh Scarpelli's Scarpelli's here already. Scarpelli's guy's already here, and Scarpelli. Well, the Mario Brothers are not the only one he's trying to fuck over. First, can I just say, because we're going to get into this a lot, I love how Bob Hoskins sounded like Danny DeVito doing, like, a racist Italian impression. For real, like, for the like the first line I heard him spoke, I was like, is this Danny DeVito speaking? Yeah, because you hear him before you see him. Yeah, and then you were like, absolutely not. And then I heard the next line, I'm like, no, it's not. But it, it did. It sounded like Danny DeVito at first. Danny DeVito trying to, like, have an authentic pizzeria kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, so... Mr. Scarpelli is also trying to screw over the university students because what happened was he was do he's developing a new project and they were like blowing out some shit in the ground and they discovered a bunch of fossils. So the like archaeology anthropology students are all there doing a dig and he's like, okay, hurry this shit up. We need to get this. I love how they do the mob pressure thing where it's just like, I think you guys is going to see it real smart to be done by tonight. Yeah. And then also using, there's a bunch of, a bunch of young women have gone missing from Brooklyn. So they're telling the lead, the kind of, yeah, I guess the lead on this project, Daisy, that, you know, oh, there's a lot of, notice a lot of girls going missing lately. Be a real shame if uh, yeah. you were to maybe have that happen to you, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention this movie. The opening scene is... I was uh, just going to say, the, the inexplicable opening. Is an egg is left on the steps of a nunnery, and it hatches into a human baby, yeah. and nobody has any questions. Well, it's funny because I think the nuns had a very, like, difficult situation there where it's like, oh, it must be a spawn of the devil. We should kill it. But wait, abortion's wrong. Yeah. And so... <laughs> like, oh, it's well, it's, it's, a, it's a normal white baby, so... <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
You're not wrong. Right. And she and it turns out this this is this is Miss Daisy. Yeah. And so yeah, the, the dinosaur bones are confusing because they look like they have like they look like humans. Yet they're dinosaurs. Yeah. These dinosaurs, it's like they were trying to be humans. Yeah. So strange. So odd. So Daisy and Luigi cross paths. They get little little lovey-dovey. Yeah, the, it's interesting. When they cross paths, it's um, he offers her a ride, and she takes it because she's being pursued mm-hmm. by these two weird dudes. Yes. Just these weird sketched-out dudes following that her. we find out are the Koopa cousins. <laughs> And it's like, I fucking remember Iggy Koopa from, like, Mario 3, and he was a turtle with weird hair kind of thing. And now he's this screwball fucking, like, oh. But instead, instead of being a turtle with weird hair, he's, like, the original drummer of Sonic Youth who stole Ferris Bueller's car. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, that, that translates. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Go for it, guys. And, um, yeah, one night, they're... Uh, after a date, Luigi and Daisy, like, she's showing him the our, our excavation site. Yeah. And when they're there, one of Scarpelli's men is sabotaging it, and he basically fucked No, up. I love that. There's these two dudes, they scab- sabotage it, and they start flooding it, and as they run off, they're wearing white jumpsuits that say Scarpelli on the back. <laughs> well, they weren't expecting anyone to see them. <laughs> but so, you know, call Mario, the plumber, to come and help, because yeah. Luigi just plays video games all day. Yeah. And... They stop the flooding, but then Daisy's kidnapped by the Koopa brothers. Koopa cousins. Koopa cousins, sorry, yes. The Koopa cousins. And teleported through a wall that should be rock. And yeah. so the, the the Mario brothers follow, and they end up in Koopaland, which is a parallel universe to Earth. Because what happened was when... So the dinosaurs ruled the Earth, of course, as we all know, and then the meteorite hit them, and they suspect that this may... Like, the excavation site may have been where the meteorite landed and wiped out dinosaur kind as we knew it. However... When this happened, a parallel universe split off where dinos were trapped, and they're aware of the other universe where where the mammals are, and the mammals get all the resources. The, the mammals, mammals get all the evolve into humans, humans, and the dinosaurs evolve into humans. <laughs> yes, but all who speak English and have yeah. the same kind of plumbing and all of these things, but also there are still dinosaurs. Yeah. So and so Dennis Hopper. Miss King Koopa is is yeah. real pissed off. Yeah, Frank Booth is who they got to play <laughs> the big turtle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, we need a big spiking turtle. Let's get fucking Frank Booth, who's just like baby wants to fuck while smelling some blue velvet. They're like, that is the guy. This is the guy. This is our king. It's funny with the slick back hair in like the spiky rose. He seemed like a more lizardly Trump kind of stand. Mm. It was like I was getting, probably not I'm a coincidence. Getting vibes. Yep. Um. Ugh, fuck, and this Koopaland, it looks like some kind of, like, it reminded me a little bit of the beginning of Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. that underground city kind right? of thing in the middle of the desert. And uh, it looks like a weird version of New York, almost like it even has the sort of Twin Towers mm-hmm. there, because this was 93, of course, yeah. but they're all desolate, and, like, everything's kind of ramshackle and run down. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of like a weird, dystopic New York. Yeah, it's kind of like, makes me think of like old New York and Futurama. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. 
So, um, but yeah, Daisy has been kidnapped because if you couldn't guess from her name, she's Princess Daisy. Mm -hmm. They brought her back because she wears this this rock around her neck. It's the only thing she knows of her her life before she hatched. Yep. (laughs) I think they didn't mention where she hatched. But um, it turns out it's a fragmented piece of the meteorite. And if, if they put it back in... They can open, they can the open up the gateway that was open from Earth's side when Scarpelli was doing his excavations. And then Koopa plans to... He, he thinks he can just, like, overwhelm the U.S. industrial military-industrial complex imperialist machine, yeah. war machine. <laughs> but their plan is to do that with devolution guns. Yes, which... <laughs> he's like, well, you've heard of evolution. Well, with this, we devolve them. So it turns out they turn the old king into mold spores. Yeah, they devolve them so far. They devolve old king played by Lance Henriksen. <laughs> like, yeah, like, sure. Poor okay. Daisy's dad. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, the, I'm not going to complain about Lance Henriksen in Hell a world. Hell no. Yeah. Um, into mold that covers the city. And then that's why it's called the Mushroom Kingdom, because it's covered with fungus and that was actually Daisy's dad. So <laughs> Lance Henriksen turned into spores and became the Mushroom Kingdom. He became the moldy boy. And the plumbers are arrested in pretty quick order. Mm-hmm. But they're also brought in with an agitator named Toad, who's this <laughs> dude in, like, punk gear with this weird spiral haircut, playing a guitar and singing anti-fascist songs, so he's kind of dope. He is. He reminds me of, um, in Fallout 4, when you go to Nuka World, there's the guy who plays all the songs over the radio mm. and all that stuff. It's, like, that kind of a vibe going on. <laughs> uh, but he gets arrested, and they devolve him, and he they turn him into a Goomba. <laughs> And a Goomba in this is the, like, a dude eight who's, like, dude. Eight, eight foot tall dude in a Gestapo coat that's made of, like, crushed velour. <laughs> and his head is, like, a tiny little pinhead dinosaur head with a huge mouth and rows of teeth. And just a happy smile all the time. <laughs> and like it's a just like, gecko. It's just like, how do we adapt these... These little walking mushrooms, heads. These walking mushrooms with little feet and eyes. How do we turn them into a movie thing? And it's like, ah, yes. This will be a Goomba. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, fuck. That's one thing they pointed out was this movie is, like, or not the movie itself, but the setting in Koopaland is, like, fascist as fuck. It's so fascist. Yeah, like, yeah, you have the, the fucking the Goomba Gestapo. You have the overcrowded prisons. Yeah. And, like... The like Judge Dredd so, type like, over, stuff. Over abundance of cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, very like militarized, very police. Like the state. cops all have flamethrowers instead of like the fireballs from mm-hmm. Mario. They all have these flame guns, and they drive these cars that are like covered in cages and battering rams and all. Yeah, that. and have like the killdozer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit on the front, like. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it is something. It's something else. It's interesting because then you have the. Italian characters are the heroes in this fighting the fascists. And it's like, is this an interesting thesis on, like, post-fascism Italy? Maybe. When the tides turn and people are just like, fuck Mussolini, let's... Let's string him up by his ankles and beat the shit out of him until he dies? Yeah. Is that, like... Is Mario Brother? Did Mario Brothers say uh, Antifa rights? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'd like to think so. Nice. Um, But meanwhile, in Koopa Tower... Daisy is chained up in a room with a little velociraptor that we find out is Yoshi. <laughs> Yoshi is just straight up looks like a raptor from Jurassic Park. Um, she's being tormented by Koopa's girlfriend, Lena. Wife, sister. We all remember, I don't, we all yeah. remember Lena from fucking Mario yes, Bros. Yeah. Yes, and Big Bertha. And Big Bertha. And the Boom Boom Room. Remember the Boom Boom Room <laughs> with Big Bertha? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
fuck? No, this yeah, this is this is a movie and it is an event. It is it is an excellent adventure. Yeah, I love how the bombs come back and everyone loses their fucking mind. That okay, that part had me cackling <laughs> when it's just like he's got the bomb and it was like bomb and runs off and he just winds it up and sets it down just slowly like. Like walking, it's like the like most little, threatening like thing ever. Like a little McDonald's wind-up toy kind of thing. <laughs> but they're treating it like it's a fucking nuke. You know, I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, I had a wind-up oh, yeah. that would walk <laughs> from McDonald's. So funny. Maybe it's a false memory, but we used to have, like, McDonald's toys of the Mario characters. No doubt. Seems like a thing that um, would have happened. But this movie is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like... Well, it has, it has, super, has aspects of Super Mario. It has aspects of Mario Kart. It, like, predicted Mario Party. Yeah, there's a big car chase scene that's, like, Mario Kart levels of buffoonery. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, like, this movie's grim dark. <laughs> it's pretty like, gritty. Like, you have, like, okay, it's a movie where they fucking shank Yoshi and they set yes! Toad on fire. Yes! And it's just, like... Whoa, you guys! <laughs> I love that part where the um, they're they're driving in the tunnel for the, like trying to get get away from the cops, and then they come out the end, and it's like it's like in fucking Mario Kart when you when you fall when off. you go off Ramp Hill Road or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or like any of them where you, where you can fall off the map, and then you like then the the, the fish things have to up. come. Yeah, except except the fungus saves. Yeah, it's just like we we flew out, and this giant booger saved us. <laughs> it sneezed like. us out, bro. I, I almost wonder if they had a script kicking around for Bill and Ted 3, and it's like, all right, we're not going to make a Bill and Ted 3 yet, <laughs> um, but we will make <laughs> a Mario movie. Oh, love it. God bless. Yeah, so... I love that you thought Italian-American representation, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Hell yeah. Like, it... The representation <laughs> barely feels human in this movie. <laughs> It's transcendent, is what it is. Yeah, it was fun. It's so That's fun. For sure. no, this, I this one, yeah. I mean, I went in expecting pretty cursed, but it's like this is a lot. Same with like Jersey Shore Shark Attack. It's like this was fun. Yeah. I liked it. This I'm is not ashamed to admit it. A really fun week. It was overall. So I'll take it. Hmm. Well, on a more serious note, I guess, <laughs> because it can't all be fun and games. Um, it is pretty scary what's going on in Italy mm-hmm. right now. And uh, I honestly don't think we're that far off. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah, hopefully we'll pull through. I don't know where to go with this yeah. sad, somber moment. Yeah. Um, Things are fun, so Italy right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, stay woke, stay home, wash your hands, yeah. go to the grocery store as little as possible, and hopefully this yeah, doesn't become us, and instead we can just focus on putting most of the relief efforts into where they need to go as opposed to where they could end up having to go if we don't yeah. flatten the fucking curve. I think uh, an important thing is just, like, listen to Italy right now. Like, yes, listen, listen to, to Italians. Because, like, you know, they've been there, they're speaking from experience. They're currently there, yeah. Don't pretend that it can't happen to us. Mm-hmm. The best case scenario is it won't happen to us. But yeah. But that's, that's going to take a lot of work that I don't think a lot of people are putting in. Mm-hmm. I still know people who think, oh, it's overblown. It's exaggerated. Was, uh, it's like, well, I hope so. I, I fucking hope so. I ducked out to the grocery store nearby, this little small grocery store that's pretty deserted on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And when I get there, there's a, uh, there's no one in the parking lot. Um, and there's a person in like full, like 
meat cutter's outfit kind of thing that they wear for, like, when they're dealing with raw meat and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And she points me to the, like, hand sanitization station, gives me plastic gloves from the deli to wear while I shop. Right. And sanitizes my basket for me. And uh, when I'm checking out after doing all the shopping, you know, I'm standing the six feet away from the next person in line and all that. I see these two old dudes, like really old dudes come in and uh, she goes to start helping with that and they just brush her off and it's like, it doesn't matter. And just like, you know, it's like, they're ready to die. I got the impression they just didn't take it seriously because they kind of laughed about it. And it's just like, all right. Yeah. That's not helping things. No, it's not. Yeah. But. In the meantime, uh, since there's probably going to be a lot of uh, sitting around watching movies for a lot of people, (laughs) if you dug what we talked about this week, I highly recommend checking them out. But we also have a couple recommendations for you if you want to keep watching further. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and recommend a nice companion piece to Massacre Mafia style. It's another Duke Mitchell movie called Gone with the Pope. The premise is the best thing ever. Please describe it. This is from 2010. It was... (laughs) A lost movie that mm-hmm. was assembled, and, like, rediscovered, and they finished editing to complete the movie. Thank um, you. When they were setting up to make Mas- Massacre Mafia style on home video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Bob Murawski, uh, like, award-winning editor, film editor, who runs Grand House Releasing, is, like, doing the Lord's work. Absolutely. Um, you rescued this movie where this dude decides to kidnap the Pope. And hold him hostage for one dollar from every Catholic. Around the world. Around the world. And it's like... Genius. Oh, this is so... <laughs> <laughs> like, I love this movie. Yeah. It's I like, what a great premise. I have seen it in a long premise. time, but the premise alone yeah, is Yeah, I, like, I honestly don't remember it. Yeah. You say we watched it together and I believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't well, remember Well, clearly it. we need to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially after Massacre Mafia style. That one's so fucking solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, that's my recommendation. Gone with the Pope. Um, actually, Grindhouse releasing a little while back did a Duke Mitchell collection where they had both movies packaged together, Massacre Mafia Stone mm. and Gone with the Pope. I don't know if it's still available or not, but if it is, it's definitely worth picking them up. Pick up both together. It's totally Absolutely. worth it. Okay, I'll recommend a couple. Um, I'd already talked about Gamora, so I looked it up. It is 2008. Yeah, Gamora. Cool. Yeah. I've um, been wanting to see that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it a couple times, actually. Oh, cool. So, but it's been a few years, so I'd watch it again. But to kind of go with uh, Massacre Mafia style and the sort of ambiguous kind of message it gives about what it is to be a gangster, Italian-American, all of these things in the face of this glorified mobster man image, I figured I would recommend the only part of the trilogy that i have seen <laughs> the godfather part three i feel like you're gonna have to qualify this choice um <laughs> right yeah yeah no it's just just because of the themes because um it was for that italian culture class that we, we that's had, where you watched it that's where we watched it and honestly i barely remember it it's more for the end if anything which i don't want to spoil so but yeah if you want to kind of have you know in in the face of this glorified mobster image and then see where that takes you towards the end of your life okay watch the godfather part three okay okay it's kind of like the undoing of that yeah. hollywoodification 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. I will admit... Which is probably why people don't like it. The Godfather trilogy is probably my biggest, like, cinematic blind spot. I haven't yeah. seen any of them. Same. And uh, for how classic they are, especially the first two being talked about. Right. Because like... that's one of the things I've joked about. Is like, well, if I watch the other two, then I'm going to be watching them in ascending order of worst to best, so I've heard. Starting third, point. first, second. Good point, good but, point. But yeah, you know, that's one of the things is um one of my dad's friends, he... When he found out, he's like, you're an Italian, he looked up at my dad, he's like, you're an Italian, you haven't seen The Godfather? He went and bought him the, the trilogy. My dad still hasn't watched it. <laughs> but this this is also a friend who, I swear to God, I've seen this happen so many times. Whenever he, he's a big jokester, if you couldn't guess. And um, every time he, like, we're out for dinner and he meets an Italian guy, he'll be like, hey, I'm Italian too. And then people will be like, oh, really? And he'll be like, yeah, the name's Corleone. <laughs> I know. I bet you can guess which friend this is. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I can picture him in my head saying these you things. You can hear his voice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Cool. Interesting choice. Yeah, I think so, too, because, like, <laughs> outside of the context of, like, the storytelling, like, for this particular purpose, I would not recommend this movie. Okay. It's, like, almost three hours long. It's fucking boring. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it has some weird, like, Sofia Coppola is in it being incestuous like it's, it's a fucking weird movie but I, I i agree with the points made though about like sort of the like okay where does this kind of life leave you points made. yeah okay. so yeah watch it if you're gonna watch it watch it for that as opposed to for an enjoyable movie cool and i think we'll have to do a little bit of a co-recommendation this yes. has actually been a recommendation on this show before mm-hmm. it's one of the first recommendations we ever did but we're talking about american representations of italians like Italy and America kind of thing. Let's go the other way. Let's look at Italian representations of America. And we are talking about 1981's Absurd. This is At least that's what we think is going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> a total ripoff of the movie Halloween. Yep. Set during Super Bowl weekend. And there is nothing more trippy than seeing Italians in a villa, dressed nice, eating spaghetti, and watching the Steelers play football. <laughs> and the movie just kind of follows that tact. And it's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck am I watching? But it's highly entertaining. We actually just covered this for a little something, something we're working on to maybe push out while people are sort of self-isolating mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, but just we fresh might, on our minds. We might have some new content coming your way in a yeah. new way. Until then, I guess, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Stay smart. Um, keep it... Take it easy. <laughs> Take it very easy in the Take comfort of your own home. as easy as you can. I think we've all kind of earned giving ourselves a fucking break. Yeah, just break. like catch your breath. And uh, while you do that, maybe take it sleazy in a way that's healthy and helpful. Keep it sleazy in a way. God damn it, I don't even remember our own fucking sign. It's all good. This is a sign that I'm going stir crazy in here. Right. <laughs> yeah.